Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Whoa. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Emor. Parshas Emor, according to the Chinuch, contains 63 mitzvot, 24 positive and 39 restrictions. Number one, today is Pesach Sheni. Number two, Shabbos is Parshas Emor. And please God, this coming Monday night and Tuesday is Lag Ba'omer. I'd like to speak about all three and perhaps come up with a kind of continuity um, between all three and a common denominator. So let's start with today, Pesach Sheni. Pesach Sheni is found in Parshas Baha'aloscha, and the Torah teaches that there's something about Korban Pesach, the Paschal Lamb, which is brought on the 14th of Nisan. There's something special about that mitzvah in that if one could not bring the first Korban Pesach, either or, because he was Tomei Nefesh, he was impure, having attended a funeral, having been part of a Hebra Kadisha, so that individual is given a second chance to bring the Korban Pesach on the 14th of the second month of Eeyor, this today, Pesach Sheni, in order to fulfill that mitzvah. Now it's interesting, we don't have this in the Torah with any other mitzvah. You miss Shofar, we don't say, ah, oh, the day after Rosh Hashanah, get the Baal Tokea to blow for you. And we don't fast on the morrow of Yom Kippur if a person couldn't fast for whatever the reason. So it's fascinating that the Korban Pesach is so significant, perhaps because it is your identification with the Jewish nation, as opposed because you didn't bring the Korban Pesach by yourself, it had to be with a Chabura. That's only, as I said, a perhaps, but the idea behind it is a very powerful one. Individuals come to Moshe and they say, we are Tomei. Now they were Tomei for a very good reason. They were carrying and they were involved with the remains of Nodav and Avil. They certainly were excused. They had more than an excused absence. They were Petuim. They were excused by the law itself. And what do they come to Moshe and they say thanks, but no thanks. We don't want to be excused. Lama nigara. Literally, why should we be punished? Why should we not be able to be a part of the community? Whoa. And this idea is exceedingly important. Chapter 9, Pasuk 7. 
in the book of Bamidbar, Lomanigara is translated, why should we be diminished by my offering, Hashem's offering in its appointed time? Hashem tells Moshe, you asked for it, you got it. Pesach Sheni, the 14th of Eor. Wow, what does it show? It shows that a person should want more. The concept of Bikush, I am not satisfied with an excused absence. I want to participate. I want to be part of Klal Yisrael. Good. I want to share with you a very interesting Rambam. At the end of the first chapter of Hilchos Korban Pesach, Halacha Chof, the Rambam writes that if somebody brings the Korban Pesach on the 14th of Nisan in the afternoon, and it turns out that it was a trefa, that there is a blemish found within the animal, a punctured lung, stomach, etc., so now, what does the Rambam say? Go get another animal. Even if a hundred times. Now, there's not going to be time to get a hundred, and it's not simply an exaggerated statement, but the Rambam is saying, don't give up. And if you do this till the evening, writes the Rambam, and you cannot successfully bring the Korban Pesach, so you go to Pesach Sheni, because you are an Onos. I think that there's something very powerful in this Rambam, that the person could very well have said, wait a minute, maybe Hashem is trying to tell me something. Maybe this is not really for me. And the answer is no, you are to be persistent. And this is so true, as we find, unfortunately, people might try a shear, and what happens is they don't either enjoy it, they're not connected one time, two times. I'm going to say to you, listen to the Rambam, go back again and again, and you will find it interesting. You will find it exciting. If not that one, another one, but don't give up. And that's a very important idea, that this is the theme of Pesach Sheni. Moving on to Shabbos, Parshas Emor. So I'd like to call your attention to the very opening Rashi of the Parsha. The Parsha seems to have a redundancy whereby Hashem says to Moshe, Emor El HaKohanim, say to the Kohanim, and V'yomarta Aleyhem and tell them. Why do I need say to them and tell them? So Rashi tells us, quoting the Gemari of Vamos, Kufiya Dalar Amar Aleph, Emor v'amarto lahazir gedolim alakatanim, which means that the adult koanim are to teach, warn, even the younger koanim, those below the age of bar mitzvah, that they too are to be careful regarding the laws of Tamei Nefesh, meaning that they too are to <coughs> keep away from a dead individual, the cemetery. The boys are playing ball, 
the ball rolls into the cemetery. Mr. Cohen's son should not go get the ball. Mr. Levy's son, Mr. Israel's son, they can go in to get the ball, not the Cohen's son. Now, what's going on here? I believe there's another interpretation aside from to warn or to teach. You can understand the word lahazir to mean to shine. Kizoa as the stars shine in the firmament. What does that mean? The Torah is teaching beautifully that it's the job of a parent, lahazir gedolim, alaktanim, to make the children shine. Now how do you make the children shine? By giving the children the proper role models. The children will copy and emulate their parents. If you want your child to shine, you have to shine yourself. The more you work on your midos, the more your children don't hear Lashon Hara at the Shabbos table, the more the children see what mommy and daddy are into in their spare time, that they go to a shear, that they have a chavrusa, whoa, this is going to influence the child. And therefore, when we say ashray, and we say for the alphabetically, when it comes to the dalit, door the door, yishabach ma'asecha, which means literally one generation after another, praises your actions, I believe you can understand the verse to mean one generation after the next one improves upon what the previous one had. And therefore, the nature of a parent is to want more for our children. Now, how does that work? So, there's an interesting halacha in Yoradea, Simon Pei Aleph, Halacha Zion, where the Shulchan Aruch says as follows, that if a woman, Jewish woman, could not nurse her baby, so what happens? She gets another woman. Even a non-Jew, and if a non-Jewish woman nurses a Jewish baby, the Ramah writes that the non-Jewish is to eat kosher. Now, ordinarily, not only don't we care, we're not involved. And a non-Jewish can certainly eat non-kosher. However, here, was saying if she is nursing a Jewish baby, that which she eats is going to affect the baby, and therefore she cannot eat non-kosher while she is nursing. What's going on here? So we learn from Moshe Rabbeinu that Moshe did not nurse from any of the Egyptian women. Why, explain our rabbis, peh, the mouth that will speak in the future with God cannot be contaminated from the non-Jewish source. We treat every Jewish child that it has the potential of speaking with God. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something fascinating. There's a custom in many synagogues that when one's wife is in the ninth month, the husband is honored with psicha, 
to open the Oran Kodesh, to take out the Torah. Why? So your immediate instinct is psicha, opening, that please God, the birth should be in an auspicious and good moment and everybody should be well. But I heard a very nice interpretation and that is that the father-to-be takes out a Torah and when he holds the baby in Hashem, he should realize what he's holding. He's holding the potential of a walking Sefer Torah. We connect the two. We look upon the future of our children that we want more for them than we are. That's the nature of a parent that always wants more. It's only going to happen one way. If we have the element, attribute, character of Bikush, we want more, please God, our children will outdo us. More of what? More of sports, more of recreation, more of Torah, more of mitzvos, more of chesed. And finally, Lagba Omer. Mir Hashem, Monday night and Tuesday. What are we celebrating? Are we celebrating that they stopped dying? The 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva stopped dying? Or no, that's not a cause for celebration. The cause for celebration is that Rabbi Akiva did not say, I'm old and I'm tired and I put in my effort. Let's No, Rabbi Akiva took five more Talmidim, gave them smicha, and what we, the Torah we have today is the Torah, forgive me, im derecheretz, the Torah that goes together with chesed, one to another, which is what the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva unfortunately were lacking, and therefore we learn from Rabbi Akiva, bikush, don't be satisfied where you are. Always, not only continue, but always want more. I believe this powerful message that we learn from today, Pesach Sheni, from Emor, the Parsha of the Week, and Lagba Omer, should inspire each and every one of us that as we anxiously now that we are Getting closer to Shavuos, we realize, whoa, why this is the reason we were taken out of Mitzrayim. And just as every Jew is to realize, we said at the Pesach Seder, and look upon himself as if they personally left Egypt, how excited we are that each of us personally were at Sinai. And that's why. We always want more. Shabbat Shalom to all.